0: Welcome to East Texas News Roundup for the week ending August the second, twenty nineteen.
1: East Texas News Roundup is a weekly review of the news in five southeast Texas counties covered by Polk County Publishing Company newspapers, including Tyler, Polk, Trinity, San Jacinto, and Houston counties, by the editors of those five newspapers. Polk County Publishing Company Manager Kelly Barnes kicks off this week's podcast.
2: Hello, everyone. This is Kelly Barnes, and I'm coming to you from the Polk County Enterprise. And I'd like to discuss with you all today the events in the Sunday, July 28th issue of the newspaper and also Thursday, August 1st issue of the paper. Sunday's paper was so newsy, I can almost just skim headlines and you see that's a paper I have to get and I have to read. And for those of you out there who don't keep 75 cents in your pocket, so every time you pass the newsstand, you think, ah, I wish I had change, but I don't. Or those of you who don't subscribe to the paper copy or feel like you want the news more readily, you can actually subscribe to any of our papers in our region of five counties and get an email edition of the paper sent to you every Wednesday morning early before anyone else gets the news. And for those of you in the Polk County area, you can get your Sunday paper early Saturday morning via email. And I personally like getting my email and scanning my newspaper online through my email, and then I can go with my paper copy and get in-depth. That's my preference. Some of you would like to read your paper all online, and you don't even know you have that option. And it's not expensive. It's only $30 a year, and you can get the whole paper emailed to you twice a week here in Polk County All I need is your email address and $30, and you get 104 papers a year on your email. So it's a really good deal. There may be some of you out there that are already email subscribers, so you probably already read tomorrow's news this morning and that I'm talking to you on Wednesday morning. So the first bit of news on Sunday's paper was that the House of Representatives gives tribal gaming bill a green light. And this is a story that the enterprise has been following H.R. 759 will now be considered in the U.S. Senate. And this was a bill that was proposed by Brian Babin. And it's a win for the moment for the Alabama-Cashada tribe of Texas and Noskela Gaming. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that. It's time to sign up for school. New and returning students in the Livingston ISD area are required to register in person at Livingston High School campus. And a family must bring a current copy of a light bill at registration as proof of residency in the school district before you can register. So that's important information for families. If you know anyone who has students at Livingston ISD, please help us spread the word. There was an inmate that died after 20 years on death row. His last name was Gomez. He died Sunday, July 21, at CHI St. Luke's Memorial Hospital in Livingston after he was found unresponsive in the Polunsky unit near Livingston. He was 49 years old, and he's been on death row since 1998. His sentence was for the capital murder of his 16-year-old twin brothers, Michael and Matthew Meredith, and 19-year-old Toby Hathaway, and that happened in 1996. The sales tax holiday is August 9 through 11. I know you're listening to this podcast prior to that. I hope you are. And you can take advantage of the sales tax weekend where you don't have to pay sales tax. And you know what? That's 8.25% savings right off the top in addition to all the savings that the stores are already offering. So don't forget to take advantage of that. Kenneth Davis Barnes has been charged with illegal dumping in connection to debris that was found in Polk County. And as part of the Don't Trash Polk County campaign, local residents are urged to dispose of your trash properly through a garbage collection service or an authorized landfill or collection site. Not a good idea to dump trash. If they catch you, you will get arrested and they don't have to see you do it. All they have to do is find something in the trash that leads them to you. So no dumping trash. Looks like the Methodist youth have been working this summer doing local home repairs. And the church here locally welcomes hundreds of campers. And then these campers go out and they help people in the community. And that's a really good program. Let's see. The Livingston Lions Club operated the concession stand during the Polk County Youth Rodeo held earlier this month. And in the paper, we have a picture of Lion Jenny Clay and her niece, Alyssa. So they're pictured. And I don't think I said her last name right. K-L-E-Y. Apologize for that. Jenny. Okay, let's see what else we have in the paper. I was super impressed with Sunday's paper. There's a lot going on. There was a head-on collision near Zavala, Texas. It involved a police officer from Angelina County, and one person died. Tyler Duke, age 17, of Lufkin, was pronounced dead at the scene, and three other passengers, a 20-year-old from Orange, a 16-year-old from Orange, and the 1-year-old and they survived. The one-year-old survived with little to no injuries, and she was safely seat belted in. So that's just a success story for how valuable those car seats are. It saved a child's life. Looks like Stephen F. Austin State University is in process of replacing their president and Dr. Scott Gordon is a finalist. There is a touring Broadway musical coming to Lufkin, Texas. If you like Broadway musicals and you're not going to make it to New York anytime soon, I highly recommend that you find this one coming up. It looks like that it's going to be April 5th, 2020, and it's You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. So it's a touring Broadway musical. Don't miss that. Moore Auto has several vehicles for sale, and I love his advertisement because you can see a picture of the vehicle, a description of the vehicle, and the price. So when you go in, you can say, I know what I'm looking for, and they will help you down there at More Auto. Oh, in Sunday's paper, we have a very special section. It's all about health and fitness. And I see many businesses who are promoting health and fitness in Polk County. There's talk in here about stress management, about basics of exercise and sleeping and eating healthy, getting vaccinations, checking on your weight, cholesterol, blood pressure, heart disease, the risk factors, and how to avoid the flu. And yes, we're getting right into the first day of August and flu season will be right around the corner. And there's some good tips in there on how to avoid the flu. So thank you, Polk County businesses who supported that section so that our readers could learn some good stuff about health and fitness or just be reminded. Well, there's several big things in the Thursday paper. I'm going to start with a contest It's called Reader's Choice Best of Polk County 2019. And starting this Thursday in the Polk County Enterprise, there is a ballot, a place for you to vote on your favorites in Polk County. So we encourage everyone to get a paper, fill out the ballot, and turn it into the Enterprise Office at 100 Calhoun. You can mail it to us, or you can bring it in the office. You do not have to put your name on the ballot, but the ballot must be an actual newspaper copy. So keep that in mind. We have extra copies at the Enterprise Office. If you want to come by extra copies so that you have more ballots, that's completely legal in this contest. And also, it's going to be in the paper for 12 weeks. That's 12 different opportunities for you to get that and vote for your favorite things. And I saw the ballot, and it's really interesting. You can pick your favorite burger, your favorite emergency room, your favorite veterinarian. Um, There's so many things, and Polk County residents can help each other and help visitors. And we have a lot of visitors that come into Polk County. And when the visitors walk up to a business and they see a banner that says Best of Polk County, they were voted by the people of Polk County as the very best place to get, for example, fajitas, that is going to be good for business. So if you have a favorite car salesman, if you have even a favorite teacher, those things are on there. And we encourage everyone over the next 12 weeks, it's actually going to be six weeks, but there's 12 ballots because we have two papers a week. Get those ballots filled in, get them to the Polk County Enterprise at 100 Calhoun, They will be tallied, and all of the winners will be announced in the November 3rd issue of the Polk County Enterprise. All the winners, they do receive certificates and window clings, and they have opportunity to get other things, too, to promote the fact that they are best of Polk County. So that's exciting. Other communities do this. And when I travel, I watch for those signs because I know if the community members said this was a good place to go, a good place to get tires, good place to get a muffler fixed or oil change, then I know I'm safe to go into this business. So readers, podcast listeners, people of Polk County, let's help each other out and let's see who's the best of the best in all these areas. Now, moving on to the news, we have uh, Thomas Holcomb, who's led guilty in federal court. He was charged with robbing the First National Bank in Livingston on November 19, 2018. I remember that day. And then he attempted to make a getaway in a cab. He actually called a cab. After he robbed the bank, he was caught and he's going to plead guilty in federal court in Beaumont. Let's see what else is happening. There was a chance meeting that leads to a special Astros visit. During a visit to Minute Maid Park last week to watch his favorite team on the Oakland A's, Braden Elliott had a chance encounter with his new friend, Jim Crane, who is owner of the Houston Astros. And that story that Valerie did, it's in Thursday's paper, and that'll be a great read. Governor Greg Abbott is going to televise a town hall on Thursday, August 15th. It'll be an hour-long town hall and will air on Nextstar stations across the state, in addition to streaming on local Nextstar stations and websites. So you can find out more about that. Brian Besch did a story here about school bells ringing. It's almost time. It looks like everyone will be in class by August 26th. They're not all starting on the same day. Corgan Camden is going to start on Monday, August the 12th. Big Sandy and Livingston open on Wednesday, August the 14th. Goodrich is starting Thursday, August the 15th. And then Leggett and On Alaska are going to be last to open and they're going to open on August the 26th. So thank you, Brian, for updating us on that. And I'm sure there's more information you can read. Livingston is having a community cleanup soon. Residents that have old bicycles, stoves, refrigerators, furniture, tires, or similar items that need to be disposed of are going to be able to do this. It's part of City of Livingston Community Cleanup on September the 28th at Pedago Park, starting at 8 o'clock in the morning till noon. So those of you that are doing some cleanup, you have a few weeks to get that together. The Bowling League, which is the Deep East Texas United States Bowling Congress, has awarded three jackets to members for their achievements during 2018-19. And those recognized for their achievements, look at this, Triple J Lanes in Livingston had a 300 bowl from Bob. And Bob, I'm going to try to, I'm going to spell your last name, G-U-G-G-I-A. You had a perfect game. And then Brayden Williams was an honoree for 261 series. And Stephanie Schwartz was awarded for a 752 series at Texas Pro Bowl in Nacogdoches. That's fun. I love to bowl. As a matter of fact, our company is bowling tomorrow. We have a bowling league and a trophy right within our company, and we'll be at Triple J Lanes. CHI St. Luke's received Premier Performance Award at a conference, and that's our local hospital getting awarded in their field. And there was something here that I wanted to share before I go. I know that we have a lot of other news around our other counties, but Brian Besch did a story of uh, Valter medals at a national meet, and I wanted to kind of read this to you a little bit. Coach Joe Hester's four Livingston pole vaulters have returned from the National Junior Olympic meet in California and one brought back an award. John Green vaulted 10 foot 6 inches last week, good for an eighth pace tie in Sacramento. It is a 6 inch improvement from what he had been jumping. And he said, though he was successful enough to place in the national meet, it was his first real attempt at the field event. That's exciting. And let's see. Hester said, I had talked to him before the summer and told him that if he'd get out there and work with me, I felt like I could get him good enough with his techniques that he might be able to win a few medals. And the coach was proud this week, saying that all of his participants jumped well in the most competitive of settings. And the two oldest, Mason Walker and Merrick Brister, each jumped slightly under 14 feet. And then we have Rahib finished with a jump of 11 feet. And I may not have pronounced that right. It's R-A-Q-E-E-B. And congratulations to all of you. And looks like Livingston's going to have some track and field this year. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Hey folks, this is Valerie with the San Jacinto News Times, and I want to give you a quick rundown on what's happening in the Thursday, October 1st edition. We've got all the lowdown on Christmas in July and what great fun that was. Santa came, and the courthouse square was full of vendors showing off all their best wares. San Jacinto County deputies caught two burglars in the act of trying to break into a couple of houses in the Shepherd area, and when the suspects discovered that the deputies were onto them, they fled. So, thanks to some quick action and a lot of help from the Highway Patrol, uh, San Jacinto County Deputies and the troopers got those two guys arrested and they're going to be facing burglary charges. We also had a another wild chase that ended in Montgomery County and that chase actually got San Jacinto County on live PD last week. They started it was about midnight Tuesday, July 23rd. San Jacinto County Sheriff Deputies were patrolling in Campbell when one of the deputies noticed that a driver matched the description of a suspect they were looking for as well as his vehicle, was on the hot list and so they lit him up and he decided to run over into Montgomery County and when they ran his license plate they discovered the vehicle was stolen as well so he went out 1725 to Astoria Tram Road down trails end pursuit continued down Lee Turner Road and they went west to 105 towards Conroe they, the suspect tried to run deputies off the road several times the suspect's name is Brady Lloyd and this guy even went into the eastbound lane of 105. But several miles into the chase, the driver left the roadway and entered into a wooded area driving down a trail until it dead-ended. And when it finally stopped, he went into a heavily wooded area. They brought out the canines from the high tower unit and searched the area. But those dogs helped them track down Mr. Lloyd. He's 39 and lives in Dayton. He was wanted in connection with dumping materials onto a wooded lot in Santa Cena County. And the property owner managed to get a photo of him. The stolen pipeline materials were covered and they w- were valued at about $48,000. That's two kind of major crime cases. We give the details on the U.S. House of Representatives passing the tribal gaming bill that allows Naskilla to continue operating there at the kind of the borderline of Polk and Tyler counties. So I know a lot of folks in San Jacinto County have good jobs with full benefits over there as well. If you have a news tip, you can find us on Facebook and click on the message link, and that will go straight to the Sanderson County staff, and we can make arrangements to get your info and get that in the newspaper. So be careful out there, watch the heat, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
1: Howdy, everybody. Chris Edwards here, bringing you some news down from Tyler County way. So here we are, it is the first day of August, which leads me to contemplate as I do inevitably every year at certain points of the year, where has the rest of the year gone? We are eight months into this year now, and I feel like it really just started. Hmm. So if anybody has any ideas on where the rest of the year went, please let me know, because it seems like it's just kind of blazed right by me. So I hope everybody is doing well and trying to do the best to beat the long, hot summer days we've been having lately. Here's a couple of things that have taken place in Tyler County over the last week, taken from this week's edition of the Tyler County Booster. Our top story this week is a follow-up on the case of Dr. Kerry Evans. He's a longtime local physician who was the emergency services director at the Tyler County Hospital ER for years and worked in several other hospitals in the region and recently worked for a emergency clinic, urgent care facility in Woodville. Now, Dr. Evans in June was handed down two multi-count indictments, which accused him of multiple counts of indecency with a child by contact, indecency with a child by exposure, continuous sexual abuse, those kinds of crimes that he's alleged of perpetrating. And the most recent news with him is that his license was suspended by the Texas Medical Board. A disciplinary panel of these board members met last week and reviewed his case and decided it was in the best interest to suspend his license for the time being until these legal matters were resolved one way or the other. For his part, Dr. Evans is being represented by Ryan W. Gertz of the Beaumont-based Gertz Law Firm, and Mr. Gertz released a statement on behalf of his client recently, stating that the allegations were false. That Dr. Evans had passed a polygraph test, and as well as had turned over his cell phone for forensic analysis, and nothing was found. And Mr. Gertz said that they would be happy when this matter is resolved, and are looking forward to a speedy trial. That's one of those stories. That has caught a lot of attention around here, so keep tab on the booster for updates involving Dr. Evans in this case. Also, in news of crime and courts locally, a robbery suspect was apprehended in Colorado near the Denver area who was accused of committing a pair of robberies, or actually several robberies, here in the Woodville area back in April. A guy named Jason Garrett Lawson, who also is wanted for several other crimes committed in Polk County, Hardin County, Jefferson County, as well as Calcasieu Parish in Louisiana, was caught. And he was apprehended on a warrant that was issued by our Justice of the Peace Precinct 2, Ken Job. And he's currently awaiting extradition back to Texas to face those charges here. We got news of that just, Last week, I think it was Friday, Sheriff Brian Weatherford here in Tyler County had informed us that that they had caught this guy. And the two main incidents that he was wanted for here in Tyler County happened April the 19th. Now, right around the same time, there were several other vehicle thefts. People had stolen some large trucks out in the Wildwood area, and there were similar crimes in Liberty County as well. Now, those are different matters that are looking at being investigated by looking at different perps. Apparently, with those, and we brought you an update on that fairly recently. Crime Stoppers was needing help with that. Those crimes, however, they're thinking are linked to a a cartel, a human trafficking cartel. But anyway, Garrett has been apprehended and he's awaiting extradition. So good job to the authorities on solving that case and apprehending this. On a different note, we've got a uh, pretty happening theater performance art space in downtown Woodville with the Emporium Stage. It's managed by the Tyler County Art League. And this weekend they're doing, well actually Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they're doing performances of The Turn of the Screw. And this is being directed by Tanner McAlpin, who is a Neal High School alumni and has done some really great things in the world of theater. He's now teaching theater at the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. And it's going to be an interesting play. You know The Turn of the Screw is kind of a gothic ghost story that was published in the Late 19th century in in England, and it was a Henry James who wrote the story. And it's really interesting, really interesting story. I remember reading this in grad school, and plot-wise, I didn't really think as much about it, but the tone was just marvelous. I mean, it's a great conveyance of something dark and spooky and foreboding. And I think that under the direction of Mr. McAlpin, I think it's going to be a real winner. I'm planning to go out to it, and I hope you guys will too. The schedule for it is as follows. It's going to be shown at 7 o'clock, both Friday and Saturday. And on Sunday, there's a matinee showing that starts at 2.30. And Judith Haney, who's many things to many people here in Tyler County, she's the municipal judge of both Woodville and Ivanhoe, as well as the president of the Art League, said that this is going to be a show to really, if you catch one show or one performance there on the Emporium stage, come out to this one, because it's going to be a marvelous time. And she said that the, the cast is three people, and, and you've got your director, Tanner McAlpin, but all of them who are involved in this production have been involved in numerous other productions, and the three actors in the cast, are all Two of them are recent high school grads, and they're studying theater, and the other one has, has been involved in it for a while. She's been out of school for a while and, and active in theater, so it's going to be a good deal. They, they're always putting on good performances there, whether theatrical performances or the live music or the shows, the visual art shows that go on in the gallery next door. So if you can, come on out to one of these performances and support your local art district. They do a lot of good things for the community, and it's high-quality entertainment and art at a budget in a really cool space and really comfortable space, too. So anyways, there's that. Well... I hope everybody's doing all right out there. If you get a chance, if you're in Tyler County already or you're just passing through, be sure to pick up a copy of the Tyler County Booster. There's three quarters. Uh, I'd say it's a heck of a deal. In this week's edition, we have you know all the, the usual news that concerns the taxpaying general public, but also there's a good bit of sports news. School's getting started up here in a couple of weeks, and so we've got some preview items about various things, some of the sports teams and things, and also there's some useful information from across the state, some outdoor reporting and various other things. And of course uh, you know, just come by our office located in downtown Woodville, pick up a copy and say hi or check it out at any of of the fine merchants throughout the county who carry it. I want to give a shout out this week to Country Bumpkins which is a little cafe and general store out in Fred. They just signed up to start carrying the booster and if any businesses out there in the area are interested in handling our publication just give us a call. 409 283 2516 and we will get it to you and that's that's right. We it's our, it's our pleasure to serve you and uh, we want to get our paper out to as many people as we can and we sure appreciate your support as well as everybody who's listening to this podcast. Many thanks and with all that in mind I hope everybody has a great, fun, and safe weekend that's ahead of you. Like I said, find any way you can to beat that heat whether it's getting near a body of water or getting you a, a good tall cold glass of lemonade or a good cold beer if that's your thing. Enjoy it responsibly. But if that's your thing, enjoy it away with a good book or in front of the TV or wherever you want to get some rest and relaxation in. Uh, just uh, take care of yourselves and we'll catch you next time. Later. This week in Trinity County, our top stories consist of an accident that took place last Friday just outside of Apple Springs that claimed the life of a former Groveton resident and an investigation of two former TDC employees who are allegedly involved in the sale of prescription drugs. We also have a feature on Groveton Valedictorian Meredith Ecord, who will enroll at Texas A&M at the end of this month, and a story on Melanie Parker, who is the new physician assistant at Groveton Family Clinic, and Hollis Bennett of the Groveton City Council has been appointed commissioner of the Groveton Housing Authority. Inside, we also have stories on the Apple Springs, Centerville, and Groveton ISD school board meetings.
3: Hello East Texas! It's been a good minute since I've talked with y'all, but I'm back this week with your update on what's going on in Houston County. So let's dive right in. It's a good day to be a part of the Crockett ISD School District. Property owners within the district will get some relief this summer, not from the heat, but when they pay their taxes in this upcoming school year. On Monday night, the Crockett ISD trustees voted to lower the district's tax rate by $0.07 cents per $100 of the assessed valuation during that meeting. The current rate, which has been the same rate for the last several years, is currently $1.25 per $100 of assessed property value. The proposed tax rate is $118 per $100 of the assessed property value. So saving money is always good news to me. And there's a lot more information on the taxes, the rates, and other items discussed and voted on by board members during that Monday's meeting in the latest edition of The Courier. Alton Porter attended that meeting, and he dives in all about, and you don't want to miss that article and more about that meeting. It's it's actually our lead story on page 1A, so check that out in the latest edition of The Courier. And also... In the Weldon community, the Weldon Volunteer Fire Department is also having a good day. The crew has a brand new fire truck thanks to a grant from the Texas Forest Service and additional funds from the Houston County Emergency Services District number two. The 3,000 gallon pumper tanker is paid with $200,000 in grant funds the department received from the Forest Service and 68,000 in funds given to the department by the Emergency Services District. They received that check last month during a ceremony, and this was actually years in the making. Fire Chief Dennis Taylor applied for the grant in 2012, and he was finally notified six years later that they received the money last fall in October 2018. And just a little fact about that truck is that it can actually carry 4,700 gallons of water. So if my house is ever burning down, I know who to call in Weldon. So, and you can check that out um, and see a picture of the firefighters on page 1A in this week's edition of our newspaper in Houston County. And also, last week, I was able to tour the new Grapevine ISD Early Learning Center in Grapevine, serving the community there. It is a beautiful building filled with new toys, baby beds for infants, desks and chairs, and And all the goodies were good for students. And I was able to sit down for an interview with the child care administrator, Christy Hill, and she showed me around the building. So everything was ready for the doors to open on the first day of operation, which is actually Monday, August 5th. So super soon for those kiddos and those teachers. But before that, the center staff is holding an open house and ribbon cutting ceremony for the community this Friday on August 2nd at 6 p.m. So, the center is actually in the old elementary school building, which is right next to the new elementary school, which is under construction and which will soon have an open house when it's all completed super soon because school starts basically next month when you're hearing this podcast. So, the center is located, the address is 776 North Olive Street in Grapevine. So, don't just a little reminder that open house is Friday at 6 p.m. at the center. And a few facts about the center it includes. It will service children from six weeks old to two kids who, who have turned three after September 1st. Because if they have turned three, they will be eligible for the pre-K program. But after that September 1st, they are more than welcomed at the center. And then at the July school board meeting, Miss Hill said that there were a total of 34 children at the center registered and ready to go, but the center can actually hold up to 105 children at total capacity. And there are classes for each age group and teachers and floaters and aides and there will be multiple activities the children will take a part of each day christy said it will be a very hands-on learning activity center she and the staff are going to teach the kids about their basics how to know what the colors are and their numbers and shapes and that they'll be ready to go to school by the time they are done with the learning center if you want to register and learn about the prices you can go to a and click on the Early Child Care Center tab on there on the menu, and parents can access the registration form and just more information on that. So I encourage the community to go support the Grapevine Center and check it out and attend the uh, ribbon cutting, which is just Friday, and we'll be there definitely taking pictures. And maybe sign up your kids for the center so that they can learn a thing or two. And here are a couple of events happening this weekend well one is happening this weekend country artist bob malden will take the stage at camp street cafe on saturday august 3rd at 8 p.m tickets can be purchased at campstreetcafe.com for this weekend's concert and mr malden just came out with his latest cd so you want to check him out for a new tune or two and also mark your calendars for august 12th at 6 p.m for dinner tonight healthy cooking school at the Houston County Extension's office. It is located at 716 Wells Street in Crockett. The area extension agents and educators, Tasha Brent and Stacey Tulos will demonstrate and prepare menu ideas featuring hearty main dishes, tasty sides, and sweet treats with the help of some local 4-H foodies. They'll share their recipes with attendees and provide samples of all the dishes. So sign me up, I'll be there for a tasty treat. So registration is free. You can RSVP by calling 936-544-7502 or emailing tasha.brent at hg.tamu.edu. And you can also visit dinnertonight.tamu.edu for more information. All right, folks, for more things going on, you can check out page 2A with our calendar and a list of events going on. And we also will be updating our Facebook page with things happening at Mission Tejas this weekend. So there's just a lot going on, even though that we are winding down the summer, you can always do a thing here and there to enjoy these last few weeks. And just here's just a reminder, enjoy the next few weeks. It's not too late to go on a vacation. Enjoy some shaved ice and put your feet in the water. So you guys, next time, I hope you have a good one. Bye.